Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away, and I'm reading out the King James Version, from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Luke 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. And he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. As was his custom, he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. To proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, I want to minister a word, the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now, and I just thank you for every single person that is here in this building or is watching online or that will watch it later on. That they will know that they are anointed. And I thank you, Father, that through their intimate relationship with you, that they will recognize the anointing on their life and they will respond to that anointing. And I thank you that they will yield their life to it and that they will increase in it. And I thank you, Jesus, that it will break the yoke of what they have partnered with or cooperated with when it comes to Satan, our devourer, Father tries to come against us, that is like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, I thank you, Father, that it will be broken and destroyed because of that anointing that is on their life. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Go back to Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. But before I jump into the scripture, I just want to help you understand because some people are not going to know what the anointing is. So I'm going to teach you on the anointing, and then I'm going to break it down and how the anointing breaks the yoke off your life. The Old Testament anointing, see, the common believer would have no anointing in him in the Old Testament. There, where the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies in the temple, there were only one position or type of person that could go in there, and that was the priest. There was another that was able to be anointed, and that was the king. We see this with Samuel when he anointed King David with oil. And another was prophets. We see that when Elijah put his mantle on Elisha, or is it the other way around? It might be the other way around. Sometimes you get those mixed up, don't you? When he put his mantle on or put that double portion, he was anointed. So there was three in the Old Testament Three types of people that were anointed. Kings, priests, and prophets. They were anointed to stand in that specific office. 
See, the Spirit of God would come on these three types of individuals to enable them to stand in their respective offices. David had all of these anointings. In Psalms 92, verse 10, it says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, when it came to oil, there was five ingredients that were necessary for oil. And I'm not going to get into every single ingredient and breaking them down. But there was five ingredients that made this. And it was a strong scent. And it said that the priest would pour it on their head down to their feet. It was, I think it was six liters of oil that they would pour on their body or on their head. And you got to think about it. It would have smelled really good. It would have this scent or this aroma. So they would have a strong smell on them. You could smell the anointing. Can I tell you that the same way in the Old Testament of the anointing being on these three places, you today have the anointing on you as well. Amen? See, God is still anointing today. When it came to prophets, and the prophet was, his function was to speak of God or for God, and he was teaching and preaching. See, God is anointing people to preach. God is anointing people to testify. God has anointed people to even worship and sing unto him. This is when you can know a difference between somebody operating in an anointing and with no anointing at all. I don't know about you, but if you've been going to church or serving God for a period of time, there's a difference between an anointed service or an anointed preacher or an anointed worship leader than there is with no anointing. You can tell the difference. And it's usually because where they have been with, with God throughout the week. If you want an anointing on your life, it comes from being intimate with the Father. It comes from being in his presence. It comes from you Make a decision with your heart every single day that you are going to be with him. And as you yield your life to him and submit to him, you will begin to see the anointing increase in your life. Priests, they represented the people in the Old Testament. See, other people could not go into the holy of holies, but the priest, the high priest, could go in the temple because they were anointed for it. See, he was the intercessor for the people. God is anointing intercessors still today. God is anointing people that are intercessors, that are praying, people that pray. God is anointing you to pray. This is why it's so important that right now in the month of March where we are taking time to pray that you're here, that you come and pick one of those days. You come at 6 a.m., 11 a.m., or 7 p.m., and you come be a part of what God is doing Because God has anointed you to be an intercessor. God anointed kings. Well, we are all kings. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says, we shall reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Well, can I tell you today that you're king through Christ Jesus. You rule. You reign. You have victory. You triumph through what he did. Now, we know Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. So what he has done has given you access to all that he has, all that he has accomplished. When he said it is finished at the cross, can I tell you that meant sin no longer had a dominion over you. When he died and took the keys from death, hell, and the grave, that's what he did when he died. Death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, your victory. When he rose again three days later, we symbolize that with our life 
in our new birth. We were dead, but now we are alive. How did you come alive? Well, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We rule and reign through Jesus Christ. There's other functions of the anointing. In Zechariah 4, 6, which I ministered not too long ago, this is Zerubbabel, and it said that he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Might and power are in connection with the spirit of God. But when God speaks of might and power in this word, it is human might. So it says, not by what I can do as a person, not by what I'm physically able to do, not by might, not by power, but by the what? Spirit, says the Lord, but by my spirit, the Holy Spirit. See, he is telling Zerubbabel, it's not by the power of an army, but it's by my spirit that the battle is going to be won. It is by his spirit that the battle will be won in your life. There is a battle, there is a war raging for you, over you. There is a master that is trying to distract you, that is trying to eliminate you, and his name is Satan. And he is your adversary. He opposes everything that God is. But it's through the Spirit of God, amen, the Spirit of God, that that battle is going to be won. It's going to be through you recognizing and identifying with what has been changed in your life. See, it is by the Spirit of God that victory comes, not by the hand of man. Because you don't get the glory for it, he does. Let's talk about the anointing on Jesus' life to help us understand the anointing on our life. In Isaiah 10, 27, it says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Sometimes we use this phrase and say, it's the anointing that destroys or breaks the yoke. That's saying absolutely the same thing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. See, this is true in your life. This is true in the ministries of his church. It is the anointing that will break that yoke. Now, the yoke can be many different things. In a second, I'm going to get into that. It can be a yoke of sickness or anything else that the Satan tries to put on you and to destroy you. But can I tell you that the anointing will destroy that yoke? In the New Testament, we see how the anointing was on the ministry of Jesus. And we can learn about ministering ourselves under the anointing. In Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, just turn it off, being glorified of all. Notice in the 14th verse, The word power is used in connection with the Holy Spirit. In verse 14, it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. When you combine these, he returned in the power of the Spirit, and he taught, or he taught in the power of the Spirit. There is a far big difference of being anointed and having the Spirit of God on you than not having the anointing in God on you at all. Jesus would not be known for who he was if he was not anointed by the Spirit of God. There's a reason why John the Baptist baptized him. There's a reason why Jesus went into the wilderness full of the Spirit and basically kicked Satan's behind and took his lunch money 
and came out of that place from not eating and came spiritually stronger, and then he started his ministry. You can't do anything without the anointing. So there is an anointing to teach. And in verse 16, he says, He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed me to preach. And then he goes into these different areas. And my goal today is not to break those down at the moment. Now, notice in connection with the Holy Spirit, there first first was the word power and then the word anointing. Power in verse 14 and then anointed in verse 18. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Peter, preaching to Cornelius and his household, said this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. See, it said that Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Upon me. Because he has anointed me. See, God anointed Jesus primarily to do two things according to this entire verse. To preach and to heal. In connection with preaching, Jesus was also anointed to teach. So he preached, he taught, and he healed. Right? Now, there's an anointing within. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, it says this. Now he which established you in Christ and has anointed you in God, who has sealed you or marked you and given you or given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. You have been sealed or you have been marked by the Holy Spirit. God has anointed you through Jesus Christ. That word Christ means anointed. See, we are Christians. Now, Christians is not a biblical term. That is a term that we use to say that we are followers of Jesus. We are disciples of Christ. Now, Christians is Christ's follower. We're followers of Jesus. And because of that, his anointing is on your life. Because of being Christians, there is an anointing that God has put on you. If you go to 1 John chapter 2, it says this, But you are but the anointing which you have received of him, who? Jesus, abides in you. And you have no need that any man should teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even has taught you, you shall abide in him. So when I abide in Jesus, I'm anointed. In verse in 1 John 2, it says this, verse 20, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. So you have an unction and you have an anointing. So in these two verses in 1 John, the term unction and anointing are used. And the Greek word is the same meaning for both verses. Every believer has an anointing, an unction that abides within him. Because the Holy Spirit comes in us through the new birth. 
Romans 8 verse 9 says, Now if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. See, the spirit of Christ is the Holy Spirit. You have been given the Holy Spirit when you got saved. There was an inward work in you. You were anointed. You're anointed. Say, I'm anointed. Now, in the Old Testament, again, the anointing was used on the priests, king, and prophets so that they could stand in their respectable offices. Well, God has anointed you so you could stand in where he has called you and purposed you. Now, I don't think you understand. Because when you have the anointing, you won't cower down when you go and face things in your life. Because you know that you are not just working on your own, but there is something that has been upon you, that has been given to you, that comes on you from Jesus Christ through his new birth. And not only that, but also through the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to you through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's this increased anointing, if I can say it that way. There's an increase to the anointing of God. See, I know that when I spend time with God, that the anointing to preach and teach is far greater than when I don't spend time with God. I am more sensitive or conscious of God or the Holy Spirit speaking to me and working in me. Not too long ago, probably about four years ago, I've been here for five years now, going on six. And four years ago, I made a decision that I was going to seek God more and be in his presence more. Because it's okay that I had a gift and a talent. Every single one of you have a gift and a talent. Every single one of you have a calling and a purpose for God's kingdom. Amen? But I made a decision that I was going to spend time with God more so that there could be an increase in the anointing over my life. And because of that, I have been able to do things that I couldn't do without the anointing. I've been able to hear God speak to me where I didn't hear it before. I'm not saying that I wasn't good, but because of him, I'm better. Because of God, you'll be better. Because of an increase of an anointing, because you yielding your life to God. You know, if you didn't spend time with God this week, it's going to be a hard time for you to be able to live out his will and purpose for your life. Because when you don't live in the spirit, well, we know, we learned a couple weeks ago, you're going to live in the flesh. Now, in Isaiah chapter 10, and I got nine minutes. In Isaiah 10, verse 27, it says, the yoke will break because of the anointing, or the yoke will be destroyed. Now, what is the yoke? Well, the yoke is where two oxens, or two, if I could just use terms for today, cows, bulls, were put through this piece of timber, and leather straps went around their body, and they would pull the plow. They would pull the weight. And they would be moving forward in a forward momentum. See, there are people in here that have yoked yourself up with sickness and disease. You got you on one side and the sickness and disease on the other. There are people that have yoked yourself up with fear. There are people that have yoked themselves up with religious ideologies. There are people that have yoked themselves up 
with doubt and unbelief. There are people that have yoked themselves up with past labels and identities through past generations through your family. See, the yoke can be anything. But can I tell you, it's through the anointing that that yoke will be destroyed. It will destroy it. Whose are you today? Are you of God's? Amen? Well, if you are God's children... And God has given you every single thing that you have need of. And God has blessed you. And God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. We know that this is what his word says. If God is giving you that spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. And he has opened or he can open and enlighten you to know who he is. To open up your understanding. As Ephesians chapter 1 says. Or he can strengthen your inner man by the Holy Spirit. What Ephesians chapter 3 says. If he has given us this, then why are we constantly allowing ourselves to be yoked up with these many different things that lead us to destruction, that lead us to be chained up, that cause us to be bound and to never live free? You are anointed. You're anointed. See... Satan wants to devour you, but you will overcome. In John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In 1 John 5, 4, it says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Go to Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, we see a story of the woman with the issue of blood. Now, we're going to see the anointing in action. Jesus was anointed, right? We just now got through this understanding. He just now said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He is anointed to preach the gospel, to heal the sick. Now there's a woman that's had a blood issue for 12 years. She spent all of her money. She went to all the right doctors. Everything that she had, her livelihood, all of her energy to get her healing, but it was to no reward. It was to no change in her body. How many times is this us? We do everything in the natural to try to fix what is spiritual. Your battle is a spiritual battle. But if you just look at it naturally with your own eyes and naturally with your own heart and you try to fight it and you try to beat it naturally, you won't win. You won't overcome. No, it will defeat you because you are acting in ignorance rather than revelation and understanding that it is spiritual. We know that this battle that we fight is not flesh or blood. Come on. But it's a spiritual battle. God has given you authority through his name, Jesus. So you see this woman here of Jesus, the man that was anointed. She sees his crown. She heard of him. What happened? Inside of her, faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She leaves her house. She gets in the crowd. She gets in the middle where everybody else is. And she said this in her heart. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Faith was in operation according to 
the anointing that was working on Jesus' life. See, it's going to take faith in the anointing. You are anointed. First John just now said that to you in verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. It's in you. And it says this, and you need not that any person teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, the anointing will teach you. Now, look, that's not saying you don't have to have a teacher or a pastor or the fivefold gifts teaching and training you. And that's not what he's saying, because John is teaching them right now. And I've heard this argument before. Well, I don't need anybody. I got the anointing. That's not true. John is teaching them. Come on. Right here in this letter. That's not what he's saying. But he is saying the anointing will teach you. It will train you. It will cause you to be sensitive. And if you yield your life more to it, it will increase. This woman gets through the crowd. And she has a yoke of sickness and disease. And this woman is you. Whatever you have yoked yourself up with. And as she gets closer to Jesus, I can only imagine. Because sometimes we read this. And we already know that what happens at the end. But you got to remember, this is real life. These aren't just some stories and some fantasies and fables and fairy tales. No, this is life. This is history. This is the history of the church. This is the history of Jesus' time. So this is real. And I guarantee you, she was reasoning in her mind. I guarantee you, she's making that trek on to see Jesus. And she had to hold on to faith. She had to contend for the faith that she was believing that she was going to be healed. Just like you and me have to. It's a battle. Right now, some of you are believing for many things that seem impossible. Right now, you're praying for your children to know Jesus. Right now, you're praying for sickness and disease to leave your body. There's people within this church right now that have cancer in their body and told they're going to die. What do you do when you're told that? Well, we're men and women of God. We stand on the word of God. We get into the place where he is, no matter where we are. No matter if you got a week left, no matter if you got 30 days left, no matter how long you have, because if you believe you are healed, you will be healed. You say, well, that's just crazy. That's stupid. If it's God's will, he'll, he'll let you live. That's foolishness. There's a reason why he's given us faith. There's a reason why he's given us his word so that faith can be increased and built. But see, this woman, what happens? She touches his garment and what? As soon as she touches him, it says that virtue or power went out of Jesus and she was made healed. And Jesus, what was his response when he found her? He said, it was Your faith that made you whole. Faith in the anointing. Faith in the power that Jesus had on him. Faith in the grace that God has given Jesus. See, there is an anointing today for you if you will reach out by faith and receive it. There's an anointing for freedom. There's an anointing to be set free. There's an anointing to be healed in your body. There's an anointing for faith to be increased in you right now. And today... If you stretch out, you can experience the anointing of God. See, this is how services should be. It should be to where the anointing is so thick 
you leave this place knowing that you just encountered God. I don't know if you've ever experienced a church service where the anointing, you literally, you didn't, you couldn't even stand up or you just, the joy of the Lord came on you. You didn't know how to react and you just started laughing or you just started shouting or dancing. Who's ever been a part of something like that where you've seen God just work in a miraculous way? No? See, I'm a product of that. There's a reason why I am the way I am because I experienced God in a supernatural level. It's not just word, but it's also application. It's not just truth, but man, I tell you, it's the spirit as well. It's supernatural. And when you experience God at a supernatural level, when you experience God at a tangible level, (laughs) I mean, there's a reason why crowds follow Jesus. He taught and preached, but he demonstrated. He did things no one ever did. And you say, well, that was only Jesus. That was only his time. No, it's for us today. It's still happening today. But where is your pursuit? Where are you yielding to Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.